Welcome to the Helping Hands podcast with me, Gail Louise Turner. On this podcast, I will be chatting to inspirational people and I will be finding out about their life story, their influences and how they give that extra helping hand every day. If you'd like to follow me, please go to my Facebook, which is Gail Louise Turner or on my Instagram, which is Gail GLT. Each episode of the Helping Hands podcast will be having an accompanying Spotify playlist with my guest musical influences. This can be found under Helping Hands podcast playlist on Spotify. Now it's time to sit back and relax and enjoy the show. guest today is Liz Parking, a community engagement consultant. Now Liz's um, story started at the age of 26 when her dad died suddenly and she took a um, NPL course. Then she moved to Cheshire aged 30 and started her life again. Today I'll be talking to Liz online via Zoom due to lockdown rules. Liz's podcast will be accompanied by her own special Spotify playlist, which you can find under Gail Louise Turner Helping Hands Podcast Number Seven Playlist. Hi, Gail. I'm good. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for being on my Helping Hands Podcast Number Seven. Um, like I said before, we've got a Spotify playlist, um, Helping Hands Podcast Number Seven, where you, your music choices are on there, and we'll be talking through them just a little bit later now I just wanted to start so you uh, moved to Cheshire age 30 and you started your life again Uh, yeah (laughs) basically (laughs) that's quite an interesting thing because obviously um, you've already lived a life between 0 and 30 and then you started again how did that work for you Uh, well it all kind of really started in 2004 when I was 26 Um, had a bit of that was my kind of most challenging year to date shall we say uh, I had a um, rather traumatic miscarriage at 20 weeks and then six weeks later my dad died very suddenly so it kind of um, I was at the time I was a sales and marketing manager in a health club um, had lots of money saved up called the baby fund and sort of decided aged 26 that I didn't really want to be doing what I was doing um, felt that um, I could be doing more with my life uh, my dad was, um, when he died, was a senior lecturer in uh, education at a university in Surrey. And he'd always been saying to me, when are you going to come and do my course? When are you going to be a teacher? And I remember saying to him plenty of times, Dad, I don't want to be a teacher. My whole family are teachers and I just uh, want to be uh, happy doing my marketing, happy doing my uh, you know, business that I'm doing. So, um Anyway, I decided to uh, quit my job and with the money that I had saved up uh, for Baby Fund, I uh, ended up doing a course in NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And I found that because I was Googling how to deal with grief. And um, I came across NLP and it said it was a good thing to use for dealing with grief, dealing with emotions. So I decided to, to give that a go. It cost quite a lot of money, money to do, but like I said, I had quite a lot of savings because I was planning to not work for a year. Um, and so I left my job and I went actually and stayed with my grandparents down in South Wales. I actually left my, my partner at the time as well for a while because uh, I think neither of us dealt with what had gone on particularly well. 
Um, and so I went and stayed with my grandparents for five months and qualified as an NLP practitioner. And that just led me on to do, on the very first day of the course, we were learning what's known as the uh, beliefs of excellence within NLP or the presuppositions of NLP. And there were some, there were some very striking things that came into my mind. And one of those things was, if I had had these tools as a child, then my life would have been very different. And I remember thinking that uh, I needed to teach, I needed to get all this stuff to children and help their lives be different. So things like um, how to um, deal with bullies, how to deal with emotions when I thought I was a failure, maybe I didn't get the GCSEs I wanted, maybe I didn't pass my driving test, all the things that used to, I used to beat myself up for. And I used to allow other people to beat me up, beat me up for as well. Um, I was able to release all of those things. Um, no such thing as failure, only feedback. Um, everybody's map of the world is different. Loads and loads of things came up on that very first day of doing this NLP course that made me think, right, I'm going to teach. And um, with that, I, I did this one week intense course. I stayed with my grandparents for a further few months and then I started looking at uh, ways to get into teaching. So that kind of brings me on then that was sort of age 26 27 i ended up then teaching primary for three years and during that time i felt that um the mainstream education system isn't really serving our children as best as it could and i felt that there was a lot of square pegs in round holes and i really resented having to spend a lot of time teaching uh, maths and science and english when kids were coming in from the playground feeling um, angry, depressed, they'd had arguments with their friends, they weren't coping with their times tables. You know, I was teaching year four, so these are nine-year-olds. Oh um, and it made me realise that actually there's, 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 there's more that can be done. And the NLP was the thing that really got me through my teaching. And a lot of my parents, children's parents and colleagues, often would say you know your classroom is so different your kids are so different and they started to realize that it was down to the NLP anyway again moving forward so I turned 30 and I thought well do I really want to be still living down in Kingston upon Thames which is where I was by this time now I just split up with my uh, long-term well he's my fiance we were together for eight years so I realized that I needed to make a change and one of those changes was to obviously finish with with him um, and at the time I was starting a little um, self-employed business um, teaching kids uh, accelerated learning techniques so I was doing NLP but working specifically with children to help them with their emotions to help them with their um, communication and all um, so I decided when I realized how much money half our house was going to get me down in a Kingston um, it was a sort of equivalent of a, a one-bedroom studio flat I ended up deciding that I was just going to move somewhere else and one of those places I really loved as a child was Anglesey um, so I thought well I can't teach in Anglesey or North Wales because I don't speak Welsh but let's have a little look at Cheshire and see what Cheshire looks like so very much um, needle in a map kind of thing um, came came to Nant came to Cheshire came to Nantwich um and that's kind of how I feel my life kind of restarted um I very much look at my life as pre 26 years old and post 26 years old because the old Liz was a very um angry reactive um quite a depressive person I used to 
I was always a busy person. I was always doing lots of things, but I was always, um, I was always quite, um, yeah, just quite reactive to things. And, and if somebody says something, I would get very upset. I remember getting quite angry with something my, my ex once told me and I stuck my hand through a door um, and, you know, I just sort of things like that. Whereas now um, I've got tools around me and within me that make me understand people better, certainly understand myself better and be far more mindful and aware of what is going on for me um, at all times, really. Um, I wouldn't say it, it, it works for me I'd say I still get I still get stressed I still get anxious but instead of that anxiousness or that depression or that anger lasting for days and turning into weeks and becoming very um, um, hard for me to deal with I usually I'm rid of it within anything from an hour to 24 hours and then I can release stuff and that that has massively massively helped me in my life that's such an inspiring story and um i know a little bit about mpl and, and it's great having them techniques that actually can help you because you know we all do suffer from sort of anger and anxiety and i think it's just finding the right tools to help you and then you can become like a, the, the person that you wanted to to be um i can see a lot of you and me actually it's really interesting but i think we've said that before haven't we so you came to your nantwich then um so what what was your first sort of like uh, major achievement when you come to, to nantwich um was it redshift or was it was it something completely different um well i think my first major achievement was actually just settling here i remember thinking um right i'm 30 i'm single for the first time in my adult life i'm self-employed um how am i going to meet people and actually also what happened around the same sort of time my brother and sister my sister and brother-in-law decided they were going to move up here as well so um they were they were living in Nantwich as well so my my kind of social life and everything else was was just them which was great it was lovely but I realized that I needed to build my life and start meeting people and it had been here about eight months and I remember sitting in the boot and shoe pub in Nantwich with my sister who had just found out that she was expecting her first child my my nephew and um I remember her, I remember saying to her hey, I don't think I've settled really in Nantwich you know I think I need to meet people I need to go to somewhere like Chester or maybe go down back down to Cardiff and 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 stay with grandpa and and have a you know be in a more put myself in a more busy environment a busier town or city and that night if my sister was wearing her Welsh rugby shirt and a guy called Di Peters came over to talk to us because he was also in his Welsh rugby shirt and he we were chatting and he said oh you should come with us come with the rugby guys to um to the studio or Greg's as it was called then and my sister was like yeah go with them go with them I'm like, no I can't go with a bunch of rugby boys to bloody Greg's nightclub that's terrible so anyway um Moose die, Moose is the only, he went off and he said, I'll just go and get me friend. And he introduced me to Helena. And Helena is was at the time a, a, a rugby player and she um, was very much one of the lads with the, you know, out with the boys. And it turned out that Helena lived opposite me in Nantwich. My and gosh. she said, come on, come with us, come with us. And so I went out that night with uh, a whole load of lads from Crewe Nantwich Rugby Club and Helena or Dr. H as she was known, she's a GP. And that is the kind of turning point for me because from, from that night of literally sitting with my sister saying, right, I'm going to leave Nantwich, being nice, but it's not for me, um, to then going out and having this whole new group of friends. And from there I met um, 
my little group of friends now, there's five of us, all related to the rugby club. Um, H still plays rugby. Um, Steph and Caroline and Kedrin, uh, all their partners played rugby at the time. Um, none of us are particularly involved with, with the rugby now. And then my sister as well. So we were a real lovely group of friends and we've remained really, really good friends in the last 10, well, 12, 11 years now. Um, all from that point. Um, and the other thing that also happened, one of a couple of the lads from the rugby club used to present a show on the cat radio and they asked me if I wanted to get involved with their um, radio station and help with their marketing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I said, I certainly don't want to present on the radio. That's not me at all. Um, but I'm quite happy to use some of my skills and volunteer to, to do some uh, marketing. So I got involved with the cat radio very soon after, well, I think that was 2009. I moved up here 2008, so 2009. And then, um, help them out with their marketing for about a year i'm just gonna so um yeah so i got involved with them did all the marketing for them got the cat radio to a point where it was from being in a tiny little room in um the m club in crew um got them to move to um much much nicer premises in nantwich uh helped them raise i think it was about 15 grand in the end to run a what was known at the time as an rsl so a short-term fm license and from that, I joined a networking group uh, called Business for Breakfast. And then that's where my network began. And I, I met loads of people um, who are some, many of them actually are still friends today or, or, or business associates today. Um, I stayed with Redshift, uh, sorry, with uh, the cat for a year. Um, and then I felt because my business at the time was getting quite busy, I was doing a lot of work with um, different companies like I launched the first kids triathlon for the UK triathlon race series I was selling a few different products into schools um, and I was traveling around quite a lot so um, I left uh, the cat um, and at the time um, I was uh, friendly with um, a chap called Gav another doctor funny enough Dr Gav he was a doctor in nuclear physics mm -hmm. and he was um, wanting to do something around radio so we decided that um, what we could do is because I was an ex-teacher and because he's a doctor in nuclear physics and a scientist and a very, very good radio presenter from, from the cat, we could put together some podcasts that I would take into schools and um, kind of market to schools in such a way that it would be a different alternative way of teaching kids. So kind of linking back to the NLP and realizing that kids need a different way of learning. Um, we thought we'd do that. And then I was gonna run some podcasts around business, talking to all my business associates and <clears throat> have an interview with the accountant and solicitor and the web designer and all that kind of thing. And then completely by accident, Redshift suddenly developed. And we went to, I remember having a conversation with a chap called Veet JC at the chamber. Um, and he said, have you ever thought of having premises and I said, um, well, no, we're just going to just record these podcasts in my spare room. And uh, before we knew it, we were looking at the Briley Street business park and we were sort of getting ideas about maybe actually taking this a bit further. So in 2000, June 2010, we signed the contract, 2nd of June 2010, it's my grandma's birthday. We signed the contract and we launched Redshift. And um, whilst uh, Gavin and his dad were building the studios, as uh, you'll remember from Briley Street. Um, I was busy on Twitter. I remember putting out my first tweet saying, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, Facebook saying, we're launching this new community radio station. Does anyone want to get involved? And from that, we had, oh, I can't remember the numbers, but it, we very, very rapidly grew. We picked up 
through social media, sponsors, guests and presenters within six weeks. Um, and it just was crazy. So that's kind of where Redshift started. Um, and it, yeah, it kind of took over my life for quite some time. Well, that's amazing. So basically, this is this is how I'm reading the situation is you wanted that change. And you took action. And sort of like, the way I see it, like, um, the wheel of fortune was on your side, you made that change, and then all these little things happened. And then you're kind of the person that you wanted to be. I need that to happen to me. That's amazing. That's so inspiring. Who, who actually inspired you, though, um, in your life? I mean, I want to ask you about your music choices in just a second. But who actually inspired you? Um, I think my inspirations, um, my main inspiration, although I probably didn't realise it until a few years ago, was my grandmother. Um, my grandma was, um, <clears throat> she was in, she was a Wren and she was stationed at Bletchley. Uh, so she was a decoder in the war. She was a very um, go-getting person. She, her career was, um, she was, uh, yeah in the wrens and she was she had a family she had my 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 dad my uncle but she set up, set up her own nursery school in their house in south wales and uh, so she ran a nursery school and i remember at her funeral um 10 years ago people were saying i was your your grand used to teach me i used to come here this is that this is this is where the nursery was this very room was where the nursery was um, and it was so lovely to, to hear their memories of her but then she also went on to do a lot of other things she was the first ever Weight Watchers um, representative teacher for Wales um, so she did a lot with them um, but she was a very um, very outgoing very vivacious lady and had lots of time for people and was very interested in people and um, yeah, she definitely was sort of my my main inspiration um, she wrote a book um, called weight training for the over women women over 50 um, and you know that she just showed me that you know you can you can do whatever you put your mind to um you can cram a lot into your life um and yeah that's what i try to do i suppose with all your influences and all your sort of achievements you've definitely grown as a person because you said like your life started again at 30 and that's really really interesting um i really like the fact that you've grown yourself and you've helped people and give that little extra bit of helping hand by by growing other people with your teaching and mpl skills um now, you will know at redshift that um i um i'm a presenter and I, I like music i want to talk to you around your music choices for your spotify playlist now um mm -hmm. so we'll just go through a few um faithless and insomnia <laughs> Faithless insomnia that was um oh it's just an anthem that i just remember pretty much going to i used to do a lot of clubbing in in london i used to do a lot of all-nighters <laughs> i can't believe i'm telling you this i used to do a lot of all-nighters in london we'd go out all night um on a friday night and a saturday night and then we'd go to something called strawberry sunday which was basically a rave on a sunday morning um and faithless insomnia has just always been like a song that has just hit me um and i i remember we were, we were writing our wills a few months ago and i told angelo um our, who does our wills at horsemith whittingham that i wanted faithless at my funeral she kind of looked at me she's like are you, are you sure do you want me to write that in your will i said yeah 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 write it in my will write it in my will and my husband mj was like i don't know that song and i said oh it's, it's fine mj just just remember i just want it at my funeral and angelo like was giggling because she obviously knew the song um 
and then it came on the radio about a week later and I said this is a song this is the song he oh, was wow. like wow there you go you can't have this at your like funeral that. you That's can't amazing. play this at your funeral I'm like Yes, I can. Yes, I can. And I will. Yeah, that's a good song. Very. And actually, on, on the subject of, of funerals, because my other song is Proud um, by Heather Small. And that's another song that I want at my funeral because I um, yeah, I realised after that maybe that maybe Faithless isn't everyone's cup of tea. But, you know, it, it might it might not be might not give the right message at my funeral. But um, Heather Small and Proud is a song that I just adore probably fueled by the fact that I love Miranda and Stevie when she does proud just properly makes me crease up but um what have you done to make yourself feel proud is a, is it always gets me it always makes me feel quite emotional um when we used to host the um the St Luke's Midnight Walk that was a song that we used to send people off with and it was I think it's a really powerful powerful song yeah, so your, your job title is Community Engagement Consultant. I mean, yeah, you've done so much for um, the local Nantwich community, but what has been your biggest achievement for, for that role since you've been to Nantwich? Um, well, I think my biggest achievement probably is, it's got to be setting up Redshift, really. I mean, Redshift has grown over 10 years to be a, a huge community um, resource um we bring people together we run a um a networking group um the redshift community hub um we have trained i've trained over 400 young people aged 8 to 18 to produce and present radio um i've trained people with special needs i've trained people with um uh, hearing impairments with visual impairments with asperger's with autism with tourette's um and and i'm really really proud of the fact that that Redshift A is still going in, in a slightly different form at the moment, but it's still going after 10 years. Um, we've, we've trained in excess of, oh, I think it must be well over a thousand people now. So adults um, have, have had the opportunity to produce and present. Um, I've had people say to me that Redshift has literally saved their life and they've been, from, they've been moved from very dark places um, of deep depression into into having a new hobby having a new skill improving their confidence in, commu in communication skills so that that's something I'm really really proud of um, and yeah I think that's probably my my best achievement well I saw one of our old presenters the other day um, a couple of weeks ago and now he's a policeman and I recognized him um, it was when we were at Briley Street um, and I think I think I helped coach the kids at one point and he was part of the group and I, th and I think I asked him for ID and I looked at his ID and I was like, I know you. And then I clicked and then I, he goes, oh, I'm a policeman now. He goes, oh, I love Redshift. So obviously you, you've had that impact yeah. on these people who've gone on to sort of do better things. And, and I know when we sort of changed from live radio to podcast, we had that sort of change model when everybody, but obviously now we're in lockdown and you've taught us all how to do these podcasts online so it was a good job in a way because we wouldn't have anything if we weren't doing these zoom podcasts and we're finding a different way to do things and we, we can still make radio online mm. and i know people um you watch the daily briefing on coronavirus and all them people are using the online skills to make to make broadcasting and radio and television mm. so it's really really interesting how we're doing things different and good job we're doing this because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to go to the studio and sort of um, get that message out to help people I mean I think for me I've decided that um, I am a trained broadcast journalist but by doing this podcast I want to do good journalism good news not um, you know not dissing people not bringing people down and I think by 
by being at Redshift for so long, doing my music show and this now, the Helping Hand podcast, I'm, I'm promoting good news journalism. Mm. I think society needs that. Um, there's too much putting people down. And I think, I think it's got to stop, mm. really. Got to stop. Definitely. Good, yeah. Redshift has always been, that was one of the key aims. It was a good news radio station. And we've always promoted what is positive and what is great in our community primarily. So Kurunantra, South Cheshire, but focusing on the positive because I'm a big believer where focus goes, energy flows. And that's, that's something that I would always, I mean, I'm, I've always been very strict with our presenters. Um, anybody that has access to our social media, I've always said, you know, if you, if you are part of Redshift, you, you keep your personal opinions to yourself and you don't let that filter into to what you're putting out as, as Redshift because yeah, we do need to promote what's good in our community. So um, I just want to take you back to last weekend. Um, I know we were going to speak last weekend, but we, we couldn't. Um, I want to know how you got involved in VE Day because um, it was such a prominent year, wasn't it? I think it was 75 years. And obviously yeah. we're, we're in lockdown now. And I get that's this kind of like wartime community going on at the moment. So what did you do to support the VE Day celebrations last weekend? Well, VE Day, again, it's always been an important day to me because of my family connections. So like I said earlier, grandma was at Bletchley. My grandfather was in the army. He fought in uh, Italy and Egypt. Um, he was shot in the uh, head. He had malaria. He was, he, you know, he, he, he told in his later life lots of amazing stories about his time in the war. In fact, both my grandparents wrote their memoirs, which I have um, edited over the years. Um, and so I've, I've, I've heard a lot of their stories um, so a few years ago five years ago for the day 70 i did a, a little event with the with the school children so they all went to st mary's church lots of flag waving we had singers and that was lovely so i want i was organizing in aid of the royal british legion and the royal agricultural benevolent institution i was organizing a community gala for last saturday night and obviously that had to be cancelled because of social distancing so i felt it was really important that we still did something so um the stay at home street party for cheshire was was launched um, and i sort of took the lead in in promoting it around nantwich so a stay at home street party in nantwich um and very so we were we put bunting up outside and and i thought it, it you know it'd be really nice to capture what's going on so i asked i put out on social media just just sort of a few days before really video what you're doing video your street party video your stay at home street party and what your family are doing and send those to us and we will um get them edited and have a little legacy video of, of what's going on ve day in nantwich um and then because it was a nice day my husband and i decided to clean out our garage and one of the things in our garage is a 1942 willis jeep which my husband acquired about 25 years ago um and has over the years he and his dad have, have basically rebuilt it and this Willis Jeep which was a, an army Jeep that my grandfather would have used in the war um, came out the garage and once MJ got it started he's like right we've got to take it for a spin I was like right hang on hang on let me just go and let me go and put some makeup on and um, put, a, put a ribbon in my hair and we'll go out for a spin and we'll see if we can get some videos of people doing their stay-at-home parties so it was all very last minute and I thought well seeing as just in case people might not send me anything I'll just go and see if we can get some videos of our own and I was absolutely overwhelmed with the response we got because we thought we'd be out for about an hour. <laughs> we ended up being out for quite a lot longer than that. Socially distanced at all times, of course. Um, but we heard somebody um, singing down Barker Street. We went and watched her. She was amazing. Jess Thayer. So we've got some lovely footage of her. We had um, 
Bereton Avenue. Um, we went down there. They were, the whole street was doing their stay-at-home party, all all cake set, all in within their gardens. Um, and it was just lovely. We went around friends of ours that we knew were doing something. We went and videoed them. Um, we were also giving out VE Day jam and lemon curd because I'm running a little community um, group of volunteers to help with isolated households. So we've got 45 volunteers and we're supporting 150 households at the moment. And Mrs. Darlington very kindly gave us 100 jars of special VE Day jam and lemon curd to give out to people over 75. So um, we gave these out to our through our volunteers we gave them out to all the people aged 75 and over that we were supporting and we had a few jars left over so we just we were to put those in the car as well in the jeep and we went and gave a few of those out um so i had some nice conversations with with older people that even remember seeing one lady in particular she said i remember seeing these willis jeeps um literally driving through my village when i was five years old in the war um and she she was just so chuffed to see it it was it was really lovely it was a fantastic day um so yeah nantwich really did uh, excel themselves for the day we are going to do um something hopefully we're going to obviously have to see how lockdown progresses but it's vj day um mid-august so um victory in japan day will will hopefully we will we will be able to celebrate our ve day um event then and have the uh, cheshire drums and bugles um the funky choir um the Nantwich Young Voices, all the people that were going to perform on uh, VE Day this week were will hopefully be able to perform again for VJ Day. Yeah, that'd be really nice. Let's let's hope the lockdowns and things are better by then. Um, so uh, you, you talked briefly about Redshift. We're, we're making podcasts now, aren't we? So if people want to listen to everybody's podcast um, mm-hmm. to get through the lockdown, where do, where do they need to go for that? So podcasts are um, on redshiftonline.org. There's a link there that says podcasts. We've got about 10 podcasts running at the moment. One new one which I've been really enjoying doing is working with my nephew, Ben, who's just turned 11, and his friend, Jonathan. So they've just launched their Turbo Youth podcast. Spent a lot of time with them training through Zoom. Um, Probably would say I've given them a little bit more time than I give most of our podcasters, but that's probably because it's my nephew and and they've been rather entertaining. Um, So they have got, they launched actually their VE Day podcast. They got that out yesterday, but they recorded my father-in-law and his memoirs of um, being an evacuee during, during the war. And they, they've been brilliant. They've really put their heart and soul into this podcast. Um, And it's great to see how from, you know, they're in school, they're homeschooling, and yet their podcast has pretty much been the centre point of their homeschooling. They have, they've learned new technology, so they're working together. They're obviously on Zoom because they're, they're friends. They don't live live in the same house. Um, they've been planning. They've been um, thinking about what to do. They've been doing the Bake Off Boys Bake Off Challenge. They've been doing a STEM challenge with Chris Ridge from Air Products. So loads of stuff has gone into this podcast. So it's all about learning, and that all goes back to where I started. 10 15 years ago realizing that kids need to learn differently and the mainstream education system i personally feel um isn't serving our kids as as well as it could so you know it's been lovely to see that but everybody is welcome to learn how to podcast we do the training um you can put your podcast up through our system and out through our network become a community podcaster uh, some people are looking at it from a business point of view. So we do have a, a sponsorship package if you want to have a podcast that's, that promotes your business. Um, yeah, just get in touch with us, Redshift Online. 
that's really interesting different way of doing things and it's great that it takes you back to the beginning where, you, where you're um helping the kids and looking at education and i think it, you're right really because now everybody's been homeschooled that sort of original education has been turned on its head and um all them years everybody said well you needed mass english etc now you need them creative skills like i don't know computer skills and and music and and all of that which is like always yeah. taking a second back but now it's 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 in its focus um mm. and obviously like i work in um, retail and that's always sort of been um you know like a business but now we're all doing all this zoom things which obviously we would only have learned if we were doing the creative radio so it's it's really interesting that's at the the front four now just want to kind of know where where your future lies now what 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 um, is your future plans and what have you got in the pipeline um right well redshift obviously has changed i took the decision that redshift as a live output was was just too much for me to handle it was it's a volunteer organization i was mad uh live programming meant that it came with the stresses and strains of keeping the stream up um making sure that the computers were working everything it may it took a lot of my time and bearing in mind also i'm a volunteer director so i don't get paid now by redshift i i set it all up through my own my own funds um, and it paid me for about three years, but now I'm a complete volunteer director and I just needed to um, make sure that I had time to, to bring my own income through my other self-employment. Um, so I took the decision to close Redshift down and um, and lots of people kind of said, no, don't close it down, don't close it down. And, and because of the support I had from people like yourself and other presenters, I thought well, it's not really fair to completely close it because I know a lot of people get a lot out of Redshift. But I did make the decision to turn it into a non-live station, which which obviously lends itself to being a podcasting station. So we launched it as a podcast network, um, kind of quietly um, in December, started retraining people, and then we officially launched it. Um, well, it was meant to be a fancy launch on the 1st of April, but obviously because lockdown came, it was a quiet launch on social media. But we will have a proper launch. Um, so my, my hope is that Redshift will, be, will get stronger and stronger and that we will build this community podcast network with people network with people podcasting like we are now from home. We have still got a studio and in actual fact, we've moved last Saturday. Um, I moved everything out of one studio into the new studio in the, new, in the main building at Regent's Park. So that's going to be my job this weekend is to unpack everything and re reconnect all the computers um my personal goals are one of the one of the roles i've taken on for the next well in, it's a two-year contract really working with the cheshire and warrington lep the local enterprise partnership and i'm the crew and Nantwich pledge facilitator and what that means is i introduce schools to businesses high schools to businesses to help kids with their careers so I work across all the career and schools and we do career events, we do mock interviews, uh, work experience weeks, all manner of different things. Um, and one of the really exciting things that we, we literally, I've been leading on um, the Paving the Way Festival, which is a virtual careers festival that launches next Tuesday, the 19th of May. And uh, I, we, I sort of had the idea, we were talking as a team, we've got a fantastic team of the, uh, 12 of us uh, all across Cheshire. Um, we've worked incredibly well on social media, on uh, on Microsoft Teams, and doing um, remote meetings every morning at ten o'clock. So I'll be I'll be leaving this interview shortly to go and join them. Every morning at ten o'clock we meet. We we've we've got a really great. I think we've worked far more effectively as a full team um, remotely. So um, so what I'm doing is we what we're doing is organising this uh, virtual uh, careers festival. It's very much 
been pulled together in the last three weeks. We've got about 35 schools from across Cruin, uh, across Cheshire and Warrington taking part. And we've got about 60 businesses, um, all the colleges and all the universities in the region. And it's a three day, four day event where students can um, watch day in the life videos. So sort of five minute videos about various different businesses from um, being a, we've got John Kay, who's a, a TV reporter news reporter for the BBC he's he's done a video for us we've got uh, an a &E doctor a GP a scientist a geologist graphic designer a farmer um, a butcher we've got all sorts of people that have contributed to this it's incredible so the future for me for the next um until, until October next year is is working with the Cheshire and Warrington LEP and helping kids uh, high school students with their careers. Um, aside to that I've also um, launched um, Inspiring Community Engagement so that is my kind of consultancy umbrella. Um, within that I run the In Nantwich social media um, just promoting what goes on in Nantwich. I think Nantwich is such an amazing town. We've got a really strong network and community. We've got amazing shops. I just want to do my best to help them get through this COVID period. Uh, just promoted this morning that Welsh's on Hospital Street has reopened. They've put in a, a one-way system. They've put in limitations on how many customers they can have in there. And I just think it's really important that as things start to reopen, we all get behind them and really support them. Um, I run a group called Local Not Global because I very much believe that we should be shopping locally. Uh, I'm very involved with the local uh, farming community. My husband's an ex-dairy farmer. We've got a lot of friends in farming. Uh, he, he runs the Nantwich show. Uh, and I just think it's really important that, that we look to keep everything as local as possible and certainly as British as possible um, so I guess that's kind of my aim um, I've got a couple more aims before lockdown finishes although I'm desperate for a couple of days off uh, I want to build a veggie patch um, that's my most immediate aim and empty the spare room in our house so we can turn it into a bathroom um, but uh, those are my two immediate goals and yeah long term I uh, just want to see Nantwich and help Nantwich thrive and get over coronavirus as quickly as possible and when do you think we can sort of go back into the studio? Have we just got to wait for the government? I mean, we still can do it via Zoom. Um, well, I think I'm confident that we can open up on the 1st of June because the plan is, as long as I've got some time off after this um, organising this careers festival, I'm going to take some time off from my pledge role um, and catch up with a lot of stuff that I haven't done for Redshift. Um, it'll be a completely new studio. It'll be spankingly clean. Uh, podcasting is a solitary uh, can be a solitary um, pastime um, so if people aren't comfortable with podcasting at home or maybe don't have enough technology or internet juice or whatever to do it then they can go into the studio I'm um, the first of June there'll be stuff to clean your hands and wash the door door handles down and what have you um, and I think we can we can get started then Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for speaking to me today on the Helping Hands podcast. Um, it's been great to hear your life story. There's a lot of that I didn't actually know, even though I've known you for such a long time being a Redshift presenter. So that was really, really inspiring. Um, this was going to go on to Captivate and um, also it will be going on to iTunes and Spotify where my other five ones um, are on. Really interesting that we can do that. So thank you so much, Liz. And um, I will speak to you very, very soon. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gail. <laughs>